0: Hey, everyone, it's your host Pepe with the 12th episode of Minority Landlords Podcast. I'm psyched for today's episode because, like I've told you all before, one of the greatest things about being a real estate investor is the sweeping tax deductions we get to enjoy. We enjoy more tax breaks than folks in any other investment asset, and it's just incredible. And today, I will be talking about 1031. Exchange. Some of y'all might have heard of this. For those who follow politics, might have recently had it on the news with the Biden's multi-trillion dollar economic plan that proposed the elimination of 1031 exchange for high net worth individuals. This is still unchanged as of right now, but comes up with every single administration. From the look of it, I feel like at some point, it might end up being changed or modified somehow. But until then, let's all enjoy the benefits of it. I personally think it's one of the best things you all need to be aware of and know that it exists because there will come time in an investing career when you just feel stuck on how you can make your next big real estate purchase or move. And this is hands down one of the greatest ways to scale. You might want to buy a bigger deal so that you're your earning potential increases. Or maybe you just want to consolidate your properties because you are like me with properties in several different states and towns and managing them it's just starting to get complicated. Then. 1031 is probably your best option. Basically, 1031 exchange gets its name from section 1031 of the U.S. Internal Revenue Code, which allows you to avoid paying capital gain taxes when you sell an investment property and reinvest They proceeds from the sale within the certain time limit in a property or properties of like kind and equal or greater value. Since this is a federal tax code, you should be able to do this in every single state you are in across America, but Please check your state laws regarding how the process works and how the state you reside in and one that the property is located in treat this transaction. It should be similar to what I'm talking about here for the most part, but still, you need to check and consult with your attorney. Meaning that you can sell your property and instead of paying capital gain taxes on the proceeds like we pay taxes on every single investment vehicle that we make a profit on. In real estate, you get to defer the taxes and use the proceeds towards another property or properties that cost the same or more, which in my opinion is one of the amazing thing to do. Like I've said before, as a real estate investor, you have a ton of tax advantages compared to so many other investment vehicles. This is not a new thing in real estate. This has been happening for years and years. Just a lot of us are not aware of. It. Per recent data, annual ten thirty one exchange transaction volume exceeds a hundred billion dollars a year here in the United States. And now let's look at some advantages of ten thirty one exchange. Number one, obviously the main advantage will be the fact that you are deferring the capital gain taxes and actually freeing more capital for investment in the replacement property you acquire. Number two, instead of paying capital gains every year, you sell a property in order to buy something else or something bigger. You get to only pay capital gain taxes once when you eventually sell your final investment property for cash with no intention of recycling it into another property. Meaning that if you still plan to stay in the real estate game and buying more properties, don't just waste that money. Just recycle it and buy another property and just keep it rolling and keep it rolling. That's how you grow wealth. Number three, the great things about 1031 exchange is the fact that there's no limit on how many times or how often you can do 1031 exchange you can do it every single year with every single property you have unlimited number of times. Just do it. Just do it. The other advantage, let's say you have the the first property you bought and it has gone up in value. You can sell that property and put the proceeds tax-free into another property or multiple other properties. That helps you keep building your wealth faster. And number five, the fifth advantage is the depreciation recapture. 1031 exchange doesn't just allow you to defer the capital gains, but also the depreciation recapture. How this works is we know as real estate investors, we get big tax breaks on depreciation every year. If you have a horrible tax guy like I had, they might not give you depreciation write-offs when you are filing for your taxes. Make sure they do if they don't find yourself a better CPA. It's very important to invest in a good CPA so that you can be able to enjoy all the great tax breaks and tax incentives that's being in this line of work. Brings so back to depreciation and depreciation recapture. How depreciation works? Let's say if you bought this property for $300,000, right? It doesn't matter if you financed it or you paid cash, it doesn't matter. Let's say the cost basis for this property is $300,000 per IRS. You're supposed to divide that cost basis, the $300,000, by 27.5 years. You might ask yourself, why 27.5 years? This is basically the number IRS has prescribed to be a user useful life of a residential property. Now if you divide $300,000, the cost basis of the property, divide by 27.5 years, you get $10,909. That's how much deduction you're supposed to be getting every single year from depreciation. Again, we divide that 300k cost basis by 27.5 years. Isn't that amazing? So here you are, you are saving money on depreciation every single year, as we know that. Basically, you don't have to pay taxes on that $10,000 that you collected rent on. And if you ask yourself, why does the IRS do that? Basically, the way they look at it is through use, wear, and tire, weathering, and so on. The property usually degrades over time, just like how vehicles go down in value. And now let's go back to the depreciation recapture when it comes to 1031 exchange, since we now understand how depreciation in general works, with a depreciation and the recapture, now basically the IRS is asking for some of that money back through taxing your gains from the sale of that asset. When you sell that asset, you have to pay back the taxes you offset over the years of ownership. All these depreciation incentives you've been getting every year. Now, what they're doing is they're asking for some of that money back. Does that make sense? I want to be clear because people misunderstand depreciation recapture when it's a pretty straightforward logic. If this will help too, just look at depreciation as an interest-free loan from the government until you sell does it make sense again every year you get tax breaks through depreciation and when you sell that property in recapture the IRS is basically asking for a portion of that tax break they gave you over the years back I know you can't win with the IRS right that's why you 1031 exchange the property if you don't want to pay the depreciation back and the capital gains however there's some rules though you have to keep in mind when dealing with 1031 exchange the first rule is you cannot touch the proceeds proceeds can't be touched but rather automatically transferred to a third party who will then transfer it towards the property you decide to purchase the proceeds it's using that person, usually they are known as qualified intermediary under treasury regulation. A qualified intermediary is any person who is not the exchanger or a disqualified person. You should be very careful when it comes to picking the qualified intermediary because picking wrong can jeopardize the process and end up voiding it. So, you might ask yourself, Pepe, who can I name as a qualified intermediary? Well, you don't need any kind of certification to be one but one rule is it doesn't have to be yourself it cannot be yourself the second rule is can't be anyone related to you and the third it can't be someone who has acted as your agent in the last two years or so. Some people that you can appoint as a qualified intermediary are an attorney, a CPA, a real estate agent, or a broker. So try to look and pick one of those folks. Make sure before you hire those folks though that you know that these folks have experience with 1031 exchanges. Like I said, it's very tricky and process focused, meaning that any mistake can void it. So make sure you surround yourself with people that have done it to guide you and help you throughout the process. Second major rule, it have to be a like-kind replacement property that equals or greater the value of your previous property property so keep that in mind it have to be sort of the similar property third big rule you have 41 days to identify the property and you can identify up to three properties they call it the three property rule meaning that you have to identify three potential properties you want to inquire in spite of the market that they are in number fourth big rule all proceeds of the initial sale must be reinvested in their like kind property within 180 days of that sale so make sure that you get on right away and start looking for properties so that you're not late number 5 it have to be investment property commercial property personal property or trade property meaning that you can't use a primary residence for this 1031 exchange furthermore again like i said your Need to consult with an attorney that specializes in 1031 Exchange to help provide you with other rules and guidelines that might be required. If you are me, the most important thing you always ask yourself is how much will 1031 Exchange transaction cost? Usually it ranges from 600 to a couple of thousand dollars, depending on how much your qualified intermediary charge, the lawyer fees, and whatnot. But It's very worth it and not costly in comparison to having to get charged capital gain taxes. Overall, this is a very tricky process. So make sure you consult with tax experts or attorneys who do this because a little bit of mistake, like I said, during this process can make it void and you will all anchor some capital gain taxes on your sale. My last point here, as we know, real estate being a big money game, you've got to be as creative as possible to utilize all the resources and means you have to get in and scale. The rich all the time use this 1031 exchange method over and over to keep growing their wealth. Like I said, if you have an underperforming property, then go ahead and 1031 exchange it for a better one. If you have one property that the value has gone crazy high over the years, 1031 exchanges it and put that proceeds into several properties that will be generating even more income. Don't just sell it if you are planning to put the proceeds into another property anyways. Know that you have better options out there, folks. You'll need to get out there, join local in-person meetups or virtual meetups and connect with as many investors as you can. And learn the ins and outs of this business in addition to this podcast you need to educate yourself and know that there's a lot of different strategies and ways out there to do things so educate yourself on all different strategies and all that you can in order to get in this business scale and win while playing very smart this business is All about continuous learning and discovering creative ways to make things work. Like my favorite African proverb says, There is no shame in not knowing. The shame lies in not finding out. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, you know what to do. Stay hungry. Thank you for listening to Minority Landlords Podcast. Please like and subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes so that we can reach as many people as possible. We will appreciate it if you tell your friends and family, too, about the podcast. Also, visit us at MinorityLandlords.com.